wasn't upset and, and down. I didn't like beat myself up or whatever. I was like, it's okay. Like it, it would have been great. Maybe we can do it again. And then you just have to keep moving forward. Like it's not the time to quit. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 104 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. The clip you just heard is from our guest today, Lisa Webb. She is the founder of Women, Wine, and Wellbeing. Lisa shares her story about becoming a Canadian expat when her and her husband decided to move to France in 2010. She then has lived in multiple different countries and continents with her family, but now is back in Calgary building a business and community for herself. Lisa shares what she learned about living abroad and how she's incorporated that into her life back in Calgary with her family. We talk about her business, wine, women, and well-being, and why she created it and how she has grown it across the country. She gives her advice for setting big goals and believing in yourself to make them happen. We also talk about how important having a community of women and having an opportunity for the space to meet new women is so important and how she really benefited from that when she was living abroad and how she has brought that back to Calgary with her and offering women a space where anyone can join and make those connections. You don't have to be in a specific niche like a mom or entrepreneur and we really talk about the importance of that real life connection. This was a great episode, super interesting hearing about her stories from abroad and how her kids have had a little bit of culture shock being back in Calgary compared to where they were born. So let's jump into it. Here is Lisa. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Lisa. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Do you want to start by introducing yourself? Okay, so my name is Lisa Webb, and I'm not originally from Calgary, but I've been here for long enough that Calgary's home for me now. And I'm a mom of two little girls. I'm a teacher, I'm an entrepreneur, an author, traveler. Lots of things. Lots of All things. things. Many <laughs> hats, yeah. Um, and so do you want to share your story about your traveling. So how long did you live in Calgary? Why did you decide to travel abroad? Take us through that whole, the whole thing. Okay. So I always had a bit of a travel bug in me. Like when I finished university, I went and I taught in England for a summer and then the, I came back to Calgary or I moved to Calgary then I guess you'd say. Um, I lived for Calgary. I lived in Calgary for eight years. And every summer, when I was teaching full-time, I'd take the summer off. And one summer, I went and taught English in South Korea. And the next summer, I went and did some work in Peru in the summer. And then I went to India for a summer. So I always had the travel book. And then I met my husband here in Calgary. And right, basically right after we got married, we met and got married rather quickly. And all within a year and a half, we found ourselves with a job offer for his work um, in France. So we took it and I resigned from teaching here in Calgary and we moved to Paris and we were in Paris for a year. And that sounds really great, like, oh, you got to live <laughs> in Paris. Except for when you think about the idea of having to quit your job and leave all your friends and your family and not being able to speak French. Like you get to do the touristy thing for a couple of weeks, 
And then you live in France and you're illiterate and have no friends and your husband's at work. And so then it becomes hard. And after a year in Paris, we moved to the south of France, which was even a little bit harder because no one speaks English in the south of France. So there was a lot of adjusting there. And after France, we moved to Indonesia and not Bali. <laughs> Definitely not Bali. We were um, on the island of Borneo in a city called Balikpapan, which was very remote. And we spent a year there. And then we moved to the Congo after that. And we spent two years living in the Congo. So what was the decision behind both of those places then? Like, so you're coming from France. And then was it a job? Yeah, it was, oh, okay. it was my husband's work. Okay. So he works... Um, He's a petroleum geologist, so he works for a French oil company, and they're a very small company in Calgary where he started, but very big globally. So they have offices all over, and kind of like being a teacher, when you move schools every few years, uh, they have the same thing. So you don't really stay put for very long when you're international, and we always thought like, okay, we'll go to France, and I said I'll give it three years, three years in one day, and we're moving back to Calgary. <laughs> like okay we'll give it three years and then three years came and we had two kids they were both born in France and then I thought okay well Indonesia but they got that offer and France felt like home at that time when we got the offer to go to Indonesia so it was hard after five years in France to leave and to pick up and go again because we finally after five years felt settled but we thought okay Indonesia we actually went there on our honeymoon we know Indonesia we spent a month there this is okay we can do Indonesia and we could, but it, there was a lot of adjusting. And um, yeah, it's for anyone who's moved, like moving houses is hard. Moving cities is even harder. If you move to a different province, that comes with its own set of challenges. Moving like countries and continents, there, there's a lot of moving parts there, and it, it's not easy in a lot of ways. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Did you learn how to speak French in that time? I did. Can you still speak French? Yes, Yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> actually, so my kids are Francophone, and my husband's from New Brunswick. So his first language is French, so he speaks French with our kids. They speak English with me. So there is a lot of French going on in our house all the time because my kids were born in France. Their play language became French. So even now that we're living in Calgary, they still speak French to each other. So my French has probably gotten a lot worse since we left living in Francophone countries, um, but it's still there because it's in my ears all day long. Right. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And that's great for them then, that they, they'll just know how to yeah, they speak it. remember learning either language. They just, because my parents never, my parents don't speak French. So even growing up for them, if we were on Skype, if it was my parents on Skype, they would speak English. If it was my husband's parents on, on Skype, they would speak French. So that's right. that their normal. Cool. Yeah. Mm, right. And so when did you get back to Calgary? So last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so really not soon. <laughs> <laughs> not that long ago, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so was that another job move back here, or was that a decision that you wanted now live back at, um, like, a home? Both. It was there – well, when we decided – we kind of decided we have enough. We, uh, we had enough for a bit. We needed to reset, and we said, okay, we're ready. We want to go back home. And my husband's company said, well, sorry, there's no work for you. As you know, Calgary, like – it's, it's a grim time in oil and gas. And so we made the decision that we were going to come back either way. And then it just worked out that they did have something for him here. So we're here. It's kind of <laughs> in his field, the future is always 
kind of unknown, so we just need to stay nimble, I guess, and, and see what happens next. But for now, we're here. Right. And yeah. would you move again? Is it, like, in your bones to be like, we've been here for a year and a half, so, like, maybe we should think about moving again? <laughs> well, we were due, actually, to move this summer, and that was a decision that had to be made around Christmas time, and we asked to extend for another year, and then we'll revisit that conversation next year. So it's always, it's an ongoing conversation in our house, and because we've lived it now for so long, for a decade, so for more of our family life than we, like, the life that Kim and I have together and with our kids, well, that's more normal for us to be away, so this is the anomaly for us. So it's an ongoing conversation. There's really good and really challenging parts of both. Interesting. And so what were some of the biggest takeaways you have from living abroad and experiencing that? And then what were some of those that you've brought back to Calgary? Okay. So um, a lesson that I had to learn is that life is going to look really different no matter where you live. And I think the mistake that I made, for example, when we first moved to France, I was trying to fit my old life into my new life. And so I kind of had one foot left in Calgary and one foot in France. And I was trying to find the same friends that I had when I was here and the same type of people and the same type of job. Well, I was living a completely different life. And so I think that once I kind of opened myself up to the idea that, well, maybe my friends here are going to be very different than the friends I once had. And I think that I took lessons from that along the way, along every move through France to Asia to Africa. The people I met in each place were different, and what I did in each place was different. I went from being a teacher to a mom to an author to a blogger. To, like I just kind of had to learn to be very adaptable and open to new things, and that did take me a while. Like it, it wasn't something that happened easily. It happened through trial and error and tears and loneliness um, and homesickness. There was there was a lot going on, but you know when you fall, you get back up and you learn and you make a mistake and then you do something different. Or you think, okay, this isn't working for me. I'm not happy right now. What can I do that will bring me happiness? And then as we moved on, I thought, okay, let's take all those, like take the good things, learn from the bad things, and then just keep moving forward. Right, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's one of those things where you have to figure it out, I guess, as you're going. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would be sad and lonely. Yes, <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did you find, you mentioned that it, like you tried to get your old, you went about it the old way as you moved into a new place. So how is it then being back in Calgary where this is kind of like where you started it? So it would be easier to go back into like the old communities and friends that you had or because it's been so long, have you been able to just kind of pick and choose kind of where you want to be in Calgary? Do you know what? It's funny because we've done a little bit of both. And like I mentioned earlier, we came back with the intention that we didn't think my husband was going to be working. And I, I didn't work for a really long time in my traditional sense. Like I was a teacher, I stopped teaching for 10 years. But when we knew we were coming back and we didn't really know our fate in that way, what it was gonna look like when we came back, I jumped back into teaching while we were still living in Congo. So that part felt very familiar. And because it was Calgary, it was so easy for us to just jump right back in. And <laughs> An example that I like to use is my kids because, as you can imagine, if you move to the Congolese jungle, when the kids go to school and they come home at the end of the day, like I go to the grocery store, whatever it is that anyone in our family was doing, 
like dinner each night would be like a big debrief for the first like several months like oh did you know it was like this here did you know this is how they do things well we got back to calgary and things seemed so normal for my husband and i we just like really jumped back into life and it wasn't until about two weeks after my kids were in school for full full time that my husband or my daughter said at dinner one night to my husband and i mom did you know that everyone in my school knows how to speak english <laughs> and my husband and i just looked at each other and I was like, oh my God, they're having culture shock and we didn't even realize it because it was kind of like reverse culture shock for us. And then I would bring them to the grocery store and they were used to like going to African markets to get the groceries. And now they're in Safeways or their superstore and they're like, look at all the crackers. <laughs> and my daughter's eight. So, you know, people probably thought, what is wrong? Where has this child been living that she's like, her mind is blown at the grocery store. Um, so there was some adjusting that, we had to step back and be like, okay, our kids are experiencing Canada for the first time. Like they'd been here very often on vacation. We came home a lot, but they never actually lived here. And they were always the kids who in a like French international school, no matter where we lived, they were the kids with the English speaking mom. And they were the kids with their hand up in English class because they were the only ones who knew how to speak English. Whereas now they went out to the playground. So they go to a Francophone school here. So it's still French during the day, and then they'd go out on the playground, and they were like mind blown. Oh my God, these kids all know how to speak English for the first time in their life. So we had to, as a family, kind of think, okay, well, what else is weird for them that's normal for us? Because we weren't seeing it the same way that they were. Right. Yeah. I went on a tangent there. I don't even remember what the question no, was. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, just some of the biggest takeaways and um, adjustments, and you've brought back to life in Calgary. But yeah, that's interesting, especially because you would never think about it. Because like you said, it's just normal for you because yeah. this is just what it is. But for kids, they wouldn't even yeah, know the difference. Yeah, and things like when we were overseas, and if we would be in a store somewhere and I would hear someone speaking English, my head would turn. I could hear English from three aisles over in the grocery <laughs> store because it was so so natural for me, but foreign for the environment that I was living in. And I've seen my kids do that. I was at Chapters with my daughters, and there was someone like two aisles over who was speaking French and my kids were pulling on my coat going, Mama, they're speaking French. And I was like, yes, I remember what that feels like because their ears then perk up. Right. So they kind of have the inverse of me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And do they like being back here or are they kind of like, oh, I wish we still lived somewhere else? Um, do you know what? It's funny because they're so adaptable and they're so used to moving all the time. There are certain things, like if you give my daughter camembert, She's like, oh my God, France. Because even when we lived in Africa, we had a house in France. That was our home base because coming back to Calgary was just too far and it was quite hard with the time change. And in French school, every six weeks, they get two weeks holidays. So we would leave my husband in the Congo and we would, <laughs> we would go back to our house in France just to like reset and have a little bit of some modern um, anemones. And so they, they do consider France if anywhere to be home for them so they miss that a little bit I think but they have cousins and grandparents here which they've never had in their life before so they they really like that right that's so fun <laughs> um, and so what advice would you give somebody who wants to move to a new country so whether or not they have kids or a family um, a lot of people I feel especially being in Calgary where they feel like they could go somewhere else and get a different job mm -hmm. what advice would you give someone um, I would say to try and embrace 
the culture and to learn the language because for me that changed a lot of things um, when I learned French it my life just became so much easier in France and in the Congo they speak French as well so you don't feel so isolated so you're losing that piece of not being able to communicate not being able to do anything to you know make a doctor's appointment a dinner reservation like things that we don't even think about being difficult here if you can't speak the language or you can't read or you can't write something down you can't function at your kid's school you can't you can't do anything basically so even whatever I would think that my French was terrible and then we would go on vacation to a different country where I actually couldn't speak the language and we'd come back to France and I was like oh thank god I can, <laughs> I can speak again because my Spanish was so horrible or whatever language it was it just made me appreciate okay actually I've come a long way compared to where I was when we first arrived in France and that my life just got a little bit easier um, the longer I was there the better I became at French right and for someone in Calgary that hasn't got there yet would you how would you get someone to prepare themselves to move so like obviously you had to quit your job but your husband had a job but let's say that's not the case so is there like a specific amount of money that you would save should you learn a language before you get there like what kind of tips would you give um so my husband said to me because again he was fluent in French he was like Lisa you should really take some French language courses before we go I was like no I'm good I'm so good yeah, no, I did take some courses, not enough. Whatever you think you need, probably like language-wise, money-wise, homework-wise, you probably need double because it's always, it seems really easy, you know, I'll just get there and I'll figure it out. Well, that's really hard to do if you don't have the resources or the language or have done your homework. So I would say do your homework. For us, we were lucky in that way where we kind of had um, the backing of a company to help us find housing and things like that. So that was always, that aspect was taken care of for us. But yeah, I, I went to Alliance Francaise before I left Calgary. I probably put a, could have put like a few more years in there. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been easier. Would have saved me some tears on the other side, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I guess it's kind of when I read, um, what's that book called where she goes on her like journey? Um, eat pray love yeah. and she has to like she's like well, I'm just gonna go and just be immersed in the language so mm -hmm. I can learn it and she makes it seem so easy and just yeah. like she's just being romantic about it where I feel like you're like that's not that's how not, it went that's definitely <laughs> not how it goes no and actually it's funny because I did have an expat community when we were in France and so some of my best friends were from Florida and Edmonton and Scotland and those are the girls that I would spend a lot of my free time with because their husband worked for the same company that mine did and they were also at work and it wasn't until, well, I mean, I still learned French, but when we left and went to Indonesia, we were living on a French compound and I was the only English speaker on the French compound. And that's when I really had to step up my game. And I came back to France the following summer and the, the girl who took care of our kids, the Nunu, or like the nanny, she was like, you had to go to Indonesia to learn French. Because <laughs> like, it really, it improved so much when I had no other choice. Like, there was just no one to speak English to. I had to learn at that point. And then that really like stepped up my game. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at that time you, when did you start your blog and when were you writing books? Like when did you decide that you wanted to record and share your experience? Um, that actually started kind of, I would say the blog started before the books and that was just 
like a creative outlet kind of to combat loneliness in a way like I had all these things that I wanted to share and these funny stories about what it was like because I was becoming a mom and that was a whole new experience but I was still a foreigner so I had the foreigner experience but then the mom foreigner at the same time so I was just like flubbing life like you know like mom fails left and right and then I just I was trying to use humor as a way back then to kind of like get me through and I didn't have as many people to like share these stories with so I was like well I'll just put it online and share it with the whole world so I started blogging first that was when my girls were babies and we were still living in France and then from that when we left or we found out we were going to leave France then I was like I want to record this in a more official way so then I started the kids who travel the world and the first one was Paris and I kind of did that as a gift to my girls so because in the book it's about both my daughters um and that was like kind of like a coping mechanism and my book that's being published now called becoming french it's only being published now but i actually wrote it back then so my husband was saying okay we need to pack up we need to get organized we're leaving and i thought like no i need to have some like it was like therapeutic for me to just start writing and I started this manuscript and I spent like, well, a long time, months, like just like spent all my time writing like in a kind of OCD sort of way. <laughs> I just poured like every emotion that I was having into this book. And then I did nothing with it for about six years, but I just needed to get it out. And I right. did other writing projects along the way, but then I found that actually I li really like writing. I hadn't done it before. Like, I mean, I wrote papers in school, but I'd never written for fun before then. And then once I started, I just, couldn't stop yeah no that's amazing mm -hmm. um and so now that you're here mm -hmm. so you've started wine women and well-being um do you want to talk about why you started it and kind of what it is and your whole thoughts behind it sure so wine women and well-being came from kind of my experiences in compound life and my experiences on connection or lack of connection through all the moves we had so some of the places that we lived had like organizations already established for English-speaking women um, in places like there was one in Indonesia and there was one in the Congo. And I found that the further away we were from like our normal reality, we could say, I guess, the more these establishments um, or organizations for women were more important because I arrived in Indonesia and there was some ladies who put together like monthly outings or events from this kind of like Chevron Halliburton all the English speaking companies that were in these places now they weren't anywhere near where I was living but I thought okay I I will drive to them I will go to the next city if I have to because I need I need some friends where I can just like fall into my comfort zone and speak my language and so when I found those women that was always I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna be okay. Even if I have nothing else going on, I know that once a month I have somewhere to go and I have something to do and they will organize something for me and all I have to do is show up. And so we had the same thing when we moved to Congo. There was like an international ladies association and once a month they, like there was nothing to do, there was no infrastructure, but they would plan a party and they would have like, they had Oktoberfest and Mad Hatter tea parties and they had like just they would always have something going on they plan events for our kids they plan like things where we'd bring our spouses or our partners and I just knew that okay I'm living in this place there's nothing to do once to twice a month 
I would have something. And kind of when I came back to Calgary, I thought, I wonder if that would work here. And they also had learning nights. And because our community was so small in Congo, they would just take the ladies in the community who are really good at what they did and bring it to share with the other women. So for example, there was someone who did belly dancing and there was a lady from India who was like this amazing cook. So we had a belly dancing class one month and the next month we had Indian cooking. And the next month we had um, like a sewing class, just whatever it was that people said, like, you know what, I'm really good at this. I'm gonna share it with our community. So that's where the idea for learning nights came in. So when I started Wine Women and Wellbeing, I thought I know that that community was so important for me and having a sense of belonging was just a game changer for me. And I came back to Calgary and I did have my old friends, but also I was a different person after 10 years of being away and living all these different things. And, um, and I was now open to being friends with anyone because that's what I'd done for the last decade. And so people are saying to me, how, how are you doing this while you're teaching? And I feel like I had, because I couldn't speak English and I didn't like have access to a postal system for years. Like I, online shopping didn't exist to me. <laughs> Going into the store and just grabbing stuff like so easily. I didn't have that. So all of a sudden I came back to Calgary and things felt easy for me and they felt like, oh, well I can do this. Yeah, I can make a phone call. I can send off an email. I can run over to the store and like get in my own car and drive myself to the, like pick something up. It all just, it was things that I hadn't been able to do in so long that I thought, I'm gonna see if this works. It's gonna be really embarrassing if it doesn't. Like if I put myself out there and say, I'm gonna have this event for ladies and no one shows up, that's gonna be super embarrassing. <laughs> but um, I'm also not gonna know unless I try. And I knew that for me, there was really something there. Like it was a game changer. So maybe I could do that for someone else. And that's where that started. Right, and so that, you couldn't have started it that much longer after you got here because no I started it um just in May of 2019 right and now we have nine branches in Canada um and that's kind of the power of the internet that happened and I just think that it just speaks to what we as women want and need and find value in because there's just something really powerful about a group of women who get together regularly and then there's bonds formed and there's friendships made and connections. And at first it was here in Calgary and I knew that like, this feels right, this feels good. And I had a girlfriend who I did my master's with and she was living in Halifax. And she was talking, she's like, I love what you're doing. And I said, do you think we could make this happen? Like in Halifax, could we just take what I'm doing here? And so we worked together in the beginning to expand it with someone that I knew and could grow with and make the mistakes with. And then after that, it just became the power of the internet and people reaching out on Instagram. And there's, there's just something there that people are enjoying because we connect so much online that we forget what it's actually like to connect with women. It's hard to meet people, especially if you're new to a city or if maybe you have a job where you work from home or you're a stay at home mom, you don't get to get out of the house. Like where do you meet people? So it became uh, or has become an opportunity for people to get together and ladies are loving it. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because I feel like you must have landed on something that people were missing because I feel like in Calgary there are lots of 
events to go to and lots of like groups of people to go to but the fact that yours caught on so quickly and has grown so quickly obviously there was a missing piece in some of these other events that were happening um so that's impressive that you're able to I feel like also it's because um again from from my life away and and being involved in these organizations um in other countries it was I always had the feeling that I was welcome and anyone was welcome so it wasn't that you had to be a mom or you had to be an entrepreneur or you had to be a mom who was an entrepreneur like it, it is anyone and what I love about our events is that people come with their mom so our age group is like 30 something to plus plus like it, it doesn't matter and and there's no there's no feeling like, like oh why did she come or oh she brought her mom because the age group is really that wide and it is everything from like stay-at-home mom business owner entrepreneur teacher like it, it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter what your interests are if you want to just meet other people and have a good time and get out and have a glass of wine and learn something you there's no box to fit in to come it's just everyone's welcome and I think that that's kind of why it's worked because you don't have to be a certain thing or a certain kind of person it's just if you're open to meeting new people and you're willing to come then you're welcome right that's no. the only criteria yeah which is awesome yeah. and I think actually now that you've said that that is what other events are that's like this is for this specific group of people so you can meet other people in your group of people right where sometimes that's not what you're looking for or it can still seem intimidating you're like well what if I'm not the greatest mom entrepreneur that's like you know like yeah. how do I walk in there and like what if I don't level up to these people kind of thing yeah and I've gone to events because I went to something where I wanted to learn something else that uh, another event was holding and I thought like oh well am I am I able to be here and and I would hope that people for our events don't feel like that because there really is no, just come. Just come and have fun and meet new people. And because the people who are coming, they know that's what it's based on. That's kind of what I always say online anyways. And when I share my story, I say that. I say because I needed new friends. I started this because I've been the person who needed new friends. And I know how that was a game changer for me. That, yeah, when you arrive to a new city, a lot of people are like looking up what there is to do. Well, which category do I fit in? Well, anyone can come. And it's kind of like when you want to go out and you want to learn something new and you want to go for a glass of wine, but also people, they're busy and you don't always have time to, well, go for the glass of wine this night, go to the class that night. Well, here we kind of can bring it together and you feel like you're getting a night out, you're getting to meet new women, but you're also getting to learn something new. You get to have your social glass of wine and it kind of just brings all that into one evening. Right. And how do you decide now? Is So is every event like a learning event with like a speaker or how have you decided on like topics and bringing in people? So um, once a month we have a main event and that's kind of like usually a very open subject that would be interesting to anyone. And that's when we have like time at the beginning for networking, time at the end for like getting to know people and just visiting. Whereas, so that happens once a month and then we also have a learning night once a month, which would be more specific and that maybe has a more narrow audience because one month it might be about um, building your business and the other month it might be about making aromatherapy bracelets or making your own sign or finances, whatever it is. Like it's a more tailored subject that might not be of interest to everyone, but to some people. So it kind of brings in um, different crowds that way, but our main events, we try and make it so that 
even if people didn't know that they wanted to learn about that, maybe they'll figure it out when they're gone, after the event. Like, oh, that was interesting. Tried something new. And we also bond through shared experiences as well, right? So even if it's something you might not have known you wanted to find out about, then, oh, well, that was interesting. So you, get, you always get a little bit of a takeaway. So we do have here in Calgary two, month, two events per month. And then in our other branches, they, they usually start with the one kind of general topic, main event. And then as they get comfortable in having those, now the other branches are starting to add on learning nights as well. That's awesome. Um, and so what, because it's women, and like, like you said, everyone's welcome, but women can still be intimidating, especially if you don't know them and are in a room of them. So what's your advice to people who want to come to the events or just want to approach women for the community or for friendships in general? Do you have any like advice or tips for um, women that are listening? Um, I think that I've always kind of put it out there. Like I said earlier, I put it out there that I was that person. And I think that because people know that I was that person and I've had to make friends so many times that a lot of times people will come up to me because I'm at all the events. I go to everyone and I people say, it's my first time here. And now, so there's some people who always come on their own on purpose because they want to meet new people. And so now I know the people that come on their own. And whenever someone comes up to me and says like, oh, it's my first time here. I'm like, great, I've got some people for you to meet. And I have like, well, now a lot of people do come on their own and I, the welcoming committee. So we have one person I said, okay, you're my welcoming committee now because I just send all the new people to you because she comes by herself because she wants to meet new people. And I, I don't know specifically what makes it work, but so many people have come and been like, wow, the energy in this room is so welcoming. But I think that because like if you're following us on Instagram or online and, and what our posts are about and what we stand for, I would imagine that those are the people that it attracts. So if you have a negative outlook on life maybe, you're probably not gonna be attracted to our events and you're probably not gonna wanna come and buy a ticket to come. So maybe the people that are attracted to what we're putting out there online are the people who are actually coming and, and living their truth in, in being there. So they're open and welcome to new people and it's just a, a, a nice energy. Right, and then I'm sure word of mouth helps as well because people go up and they're like, wow, this is so great, like you should come and it's yes. not intimidating and you'll be able to meet people. So right. I think that probably helps. Yeah, some people come and they bring a friend and they come back and, and actually the beauty of the people who come by themselves is that the regulars have now become friends. They were strangers when they started coming and now they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? What's been new since last time I saw you? And those are the people who've been the new person. So when someone comes who's never been there before, they're like, oh, how are you? I've never seen you here before. And, and it just kind of snowballs that way. No, that's amazing. And that social lubricant of a glass of wine also helps. <laughs> True. <that I> think. <laughs> so, like, I think the difference is in other events, you like, oh, I went to this event and I met this person. Whereas once you put a glass of wine in someone's hand, it just kind of takes the edge off a little bit. You relax. And then it changes to, oh, I went to this event and I made a friend. I made this friend who does this. And a lot of people have now like, collaborated in their business even though we're not networking so to speak a lot of people who work from home and are by themselves come to our events and then they meet other women and now I'm seeing them in the city doing things together and collaborating and and making projects together and I know that they met at our events because I remember seeing them as strangers and I just find that super heartwarming no that's amazing yeah and what are some of the things that you've learned watching the events being a part of the events about women about business and well-being in general um how important connection is and how much we need it in our lives 
And I just posted something not long ago that I was listening to a Brene Brown audiobook, and she said we are wired for connection, emotionally, spiritually, and it's it's true because like loneliness is a really awful thing, and I think it's one of those things like we're getting more aware of mental health now, and it's not such a stigma to talk about it. But before, I don't think people would say that, you know what, I'm lonely, I have nothing to do, I'm bored, I'm sad. And what a game changer it can be to go out and meet people and be in a room full of positive energy and women who lift each other up. I think that all women thrive on that. And it's just a matter of putting yourself in the right position, in the right place to be able to surround yourself with that. So if you're in a place in your life where you don't have that, you have the ability to make the change and maybe you just don't know where to go or, and this can offer those people a space and say, okay, I'm gonna go and try this out. And, and you leave feeling uplifted and you leave feeling like your cup is full. Because I know even for me, I teach during the day, I have two kids at home and all the other things that come with raising a family. And there's been nights where I'm thinking, oh man, I am tired. And now I gotta go to this event and like get all the things ready to go. And I come home a different person than I left. And you'd think that that would make me more tired, but I come home, I'm like, okay, well now I can't sleep because I'm just like so energized by that. And so I know that that, if that's true for me, then that's probably true for other people as well. Totally. And I think it is, like you said, you have to just get yourself to go and get yourself out there. um, And then then it's worth it. And that's why you keep going back and everything. Exactly. No, I think that's awesome. And I know you have cool events coming up, but they'll have already passed once this is out. But... Um, Jillian Harris is awesome. She'll be at She's the event in March. Yes. Yeah. So that will be great. And so, how have you? Has that? I know the event will have already happened, and I, I was like, we don't talk about the events, but I think <laughs> but it's important. Yeah, for people who want to start something and to see how far you can grow, and because it's grown quickly. So, um, how are you able to find such a big name? I guess if you want to say um, for an event like that, like has it been because you've now reached multiple cities or is it the power of the internet or how would you um how have you grown in this way i think it's a little bit of all of those things um i think it's important to believe in ourselves because when like i said when i started this less than a year ago i thought oh my god if i start this instagram page and i put it out there that i'm going to do this and no one comes i'm going to want to die it's going to be super (laughs) embarrassing and i'm just going to have to live with that but i I kind of like had my own back and I just believed in it and I thought I, I know that there's something here for me so there's got to be something there for other people and you just have to keep believing in yourself and someone asked me at a point where it was probably laughable like who's your one person like who would be your dream like guest to have and this was like two events in and I said Jillian Harris and I don't remember if they laughed or not but they were probably like laughing in their mind because <laughs> I like started yesterday and if you just keep like trying and then that for so Jillian and I connected in the fall and it didn't work out and I wasn't like down on myself that oh this isn't gonna happen like terrible I was like okay well what's next and then actually um, there was another quite a big speaker that I met through the education field and I thought what do I have to lose I'm just gonna ask this woman if she'll come and speak at our event the worst she can say is no so I asked her and she said, oh my God, that sounds great. I love what you're doing. I, I would love to speak at your event. And so she was supposed to be our speaker um, this month and which is why I ended up going to find a bigger venue. And so 
And then at the last minute, like quite, quite last minute, it didn't work out because her flights weren't going to line up because she was coming to town for another event. And she said, you know what, Lisa, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to be able to make it. And I wasn't upset and, and down. I didn't like beat myself up about it. I was like, it's okay. Like it, it would have been great. Maybe we can do it again. And then you just have to keep moving forward. Like it's not the time to quit. Like if, if Jillian Harris didn't work out in the fall, I wasn't like, oh, well, no, I reached out again. She said, let's talk about it in the new year. So the new year came and I thought, well, what do I have to lose? I'm going to try this again. And so same with the other person who was going to come and speak and her flights didn't line up. She said, next time in Calgary, let's see if we can make it happen again. So you just never know. You just have to keep trying and set a goal for yourself. And when you get to that goal, just make your goal next goal a little bit bigger and and just keep moving forward. And I kind of, um, you know, you learn things from your kids. And when I started expanding Wine Women and Wellbeing, I thought like if I could get five branches, like if I could get five branches, that would be amazing. Well, actually the goal was to start with one, to start with that one in Halifax. And then once I got to four, like, and my kids see me working. They see they have a mom who like hustles all the side jobs. And, and I like that they see that because then they're just asking and I do a lot of voice memos so they hear what's going on. And they said, mommy, are you opening another wine, women and well-being? And I said, yeah, I am. She said, how many do you have now? I said, four. She said, what's your next goal? And well, actually she said it in Franklish. What's your next boot? And I was <laughs> like, um, my next goal, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you're, you're gonna be at five now so now you have to make a new number. And I was like, I love that you are, I can't remember if my six-year-old or my eight-year-old, but I was like, I love that you know that already. Not because I've told you, but just because you see it happening. And so I think there's things we can learn in life just from continuing to persevere and try and follow our passions. Right, exactly. And have kids that keep you accountable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And so where can people learn about the events, um, connect with you on social, give us all the information. So on Instagram and Facebook, we are Wine Women Wellbeing. And then each of the branches has their own page. So in the link in the main Wine Women Wellbeing account, it will bring you to Eventbrite that lists all of the events in all of the different cities. And then you can also follow your, well, everyone in Calgary, the main page is the Calgary page, but um, the other branches have their own pages with their events on them. So all the links in the bio, it's on Eventbrite. That's where we live. We live on Instagram. Amazing. I think everyone lives on Instagram. Yeah. So, no, that's awesome. Um, thanks so much for coming on here. Thanks great. for having me. How did I do? Is it okay? <laughs>